Welcome to the Joey's Movie Blog Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Strandberg, and today I am joined by Alex Madden. Hello. How's it going? Yeah. So uh, explain to the audience kind of what you do on YouTube. Yeah. So um, so I, um, I'm a huge lover of uh, movies, as Joey probably is, too. Um, I mean, I really started... Um, my YouTube channel. Uh, it was a long time ago, actually. I started it in like 2014, really pan out, and then I rebranded it at, under a new channel, which is just my name. Do movie reviews. Uh, that, I've really just been sticking to that, but I've been trying to branch out, do some Blu-ray hauls at the end of each month, uh, trying to do trailer reactions. Unfortunately, they drop a lot of the time when I'm at work, so I can't get it up right away um trying to do some more video essays but it's mostly movie reviews of new releases um some classics like uh if there's like an anniversary like this year i'll be reviewing hook because uh, that came out in 1991 um teenage mutant ninja turtles too uh you know i stuff like I, I like doing a lot of anniversary stuff like that and reviewing a lot of stuff like i'm reviewing the entirety of the tv show smallville this year so yeah on my channel it's mostly just movie reviews I'm trying to branch out to a lot of different avenues though where i could go with the channel uh with the stuff i just mentioned so that's that's what my channel is all about all right so uh, on twitter about a week ago you shared a uh very interesting uh article uh yes about uh best buy uh laying off five thousand workers as it shifts focus to online sales yep and this is supposed to also have an effect on physical on a old like physical media yes yeah um so how do you think this is going to affect the future of physical media as a whole? Well, I, I think eventually physical media might, I'm not saying it's definitely going to, I think it might eventually die out, but like, I think it's, I think it's kind of like the whole movie theater argument too, where it's like, people are like, Oh, well there's streaming services. Now nobody wants to go to a movie theater. It's like, I think there's always going to be a demand for physical media, just probably not as like, as much of a heavy presence as it has now or, you know, in prior years. I mean, I mean, I think that, I don't know if it's that article or if it was another article, I think it was a different article, but even though like Best Buy is doing this where they're, they're moving all of their, um, their uh, physical media to online only like their physical media sales were up 41% last year. Um, compared to like a 27% in like 2019, I think it was like something like that. So there, there's a huge jump there. It's just, this doesn't really have anything to do with the fact that like people aren't buying physical media, which is a relief, honestly, uh, just yeah. hearing that, like, and then when the store, when the store associates told me that too, where it's like, Oh, thank God. Like, you know, it is disheartening, to know that it that like this is happening, that physical media is moving all online, which I think I think that's eventually just going to be the fate of physical media. You're just going to have to find everything online. But I definitely think that there's going to be a demand for it. But going back to my point, like it's it was disheartening to learn that you're not going to be able to go into a store or a Best Buy um, trying to buy like a new movie. Like I think I think they said that they're still going to have new releases, but like once they get rid of like 
everything in their other like movie section, then that's it. And then it will just be new releases. Um, but like, uh, what was I saying? I, I kind of just lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. So like, it, it's disheartening to like understand like, or to see that like their actual physical media section, like everything is going to be gone. But like it's at the same time, it's a bit of a relief to know that it's not because physical media is dying. It's because we had to adapt to online shopping due to the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I do most of my movie shopping online. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but it's gonna be weird because, like, uh. I always love just going into a Best Buy to see like what's in the bargain bins and that's, stuff like that. That's the thing, though. But here's the problem. Uh, how I stumbled upon this was so my Best Buy wasn't doing it at um, like a while ago, like be- before this last time that I went in. Um, there were a few Best Buys I know last year or the year before that started getting rid of physical media. And then that's where it started kind of to create a panic for me because then I went on like went online, Googled it. Like there was a bunch of like Reddit threads where it was like, yeah, we work at Best Buy. Like I'm a Best Buy associate. We're getting rid of like physical media and like some stores are getting rid of physical media. I was like, oh, well, there's the end of that. But um, my like my store, like still like a few weeks ago it was you still had like a pretty good selection it's not it wasn't the best selection like they used to have such a huge huge selection like the the problem is is that once they once they stopped selling cds they moved the movie section to an entirely different part of the store so it was like they got rid of like two aisles worth of movies because they moved it to the other side of the store they moved it near the video games i don't know why but like cuz they had way more room like where they used to have it. So it was like my best buy you walk in, you like, you kind of go to the right and like, you have like the new releases uh, movie rack right there. And then you have like customer service and geek squad. Then you have the escalator to go up to the second floor. That'll take you to the mall. You walk past the escalator and like right to the right is where the old movie section used to be. Now you would do this to get there. Now you do the same thing, but you just take a left uh, right after the escalator, like right after that section, and it brings you right to the video games, and that's where the movies were now. So it it was it was just really strange for me, like how like sudden this happened. It's like they, they I feel like they're trying to sweep it under the rug because I don't think anybody really knows about it, honestly. And so like when I went in there, I was like, whoa, like the whole section's like <laughs> gone, like because I and then when I when I saw when I first saw that on Reddit, whoever pointed that out a year or two ago, uh, they were like, yeah, like Best Buy slowly getting rid of them. They're just not telling anybody. So I was like, oh, and then now this, I, this happened with me and it's just, yep. They're like, they've, the associates confirmed it. Yeah. I mean, like uh, when uh, I remember like, uh, going inside of a Best Buy for the first time, uh, like when stores started to reopen during the uh, after the lockdown, uh, it was so weird because it's like they're no stuck, yeah, yeah, like they're 
the movie section was nearly half empty and like I think, was... I think that's why because they were planning to move everything online sorry to cut you off but it's fine but like and then like any time like I'd go in there it just seemed to get like smaller and smaller to the point where like mm-hmm. last time I went to this certain Best Buy was uh around Christmas time uh to pick up the to pick up my uh 4K player and like I went there to I decided to stop by the physical media section and it's like all of a sudden it's like there's nothing. It's just I know. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's just a strange new world we live in. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's so weird how this pandemic has just like reshaped like how we buy, how we live, and it's. I mean, like like I said, at least it's not because physical media is dying. Like it's it's it, like it's it's a relief to know that it's because more people were shopping online. Yeah. So I mean, if there if that's the silver lining out of this whole situation, then okay. Like as long as I can still buy movies online in some way, shape, or form, then like physical media, then good. Like because I don't want that to die. And I'm like I still do it with CDs too. Like I I still like my music collection is all CDs. Honestly, like I don't. I'm not a singles guy. I'm a full album guy. I like having the like I just like having physical copies of everything. And I'll say this now too. It's not just. Um, it's not just movies. I think they're eventually going to move video games online too. I'm kind of starting to see that as well. Yeah. Cause yeah. like, go ahead. Yeah. I don't really know a lot of people that still buy physical game discs. So I feel like the demand for physical game discs is kind of down. Mm. I I mean I know a lot of people that still do it. I mean I've seen like everybody that got a PS5. I know got I don't I don't know anybody that got the digital version. I know mm-hmm. everybody got like the disc version, but I wonder if that's because like they already had like some like 4K Blu-rays. Like oh we can finally play 4K, you know. Um, so I, I don't know if it has anything to do with games, but like because I know one of my friends he has a PS5, but like he doesn't care that much about like the physical like games. Like if it's like a huge game, he'll get the physical game. But like if it's like I don't know, like Terminator or whatever that last Terminator game was, like say if he wanted to play it, he'd like he just download it digitally, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm very inconsistent with what I buy uh, on video games physically yeah. and digitally. Like I probably have more digital games than I do physical. Really? Yeah, I'm kind of one of like it's not like with movies where like I care where like the picture quality is different. Right, right. Are you more of a physical media when it comes to video games? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have I don't have a single digital game. I'm I've always like I said like it's not just movies it's like CDs and like I mean if there's like 
like if I want like a song from a soundtrack, like the theme song to like Jurassic Park, then yeah, fine. Like I'll buy it digitally. I'm not gonna buy the full album, but like like CDs, like a like a band's full album, like I'll I'll still buy the physical CD. Same with video games. Like I gotta like I'm just an old school analog. Like I gotta have the physical copy. Like there's just something special to me about having physical copies of everything. Yeah, um, but like. Also, the other thing, I don't think a lot of the demand for physical movies is going down because of studios investing in, like, making box sets and steelbooks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you said you think it's going down or you think it's going, the demand's going up? Uh, you know, I think that it's not real, like, uh, there's more demand due to yeah. box sets and steelbooks. Like, yeah anytime a new Marvel movie comes out, it's like you have to go through hell or in high water just to get a steelbook for I know, of- dude, like I see everybody like posting like, I got the steelbook, it's like, where'd you get it? And it's like, oh wait, no, it's like sold out now and it's like, god damn, like the thing, the, the problem with the box sets though is like, like I love having the box sets, like I have a huge box set collection, but the problem is, is they're way too damn expensive. Yeah, like uh, I got the uh, uh, 4K set to the Skywalker Saga. Yeah, for like two hundred and fifty dollars. I mean, that makes sense though because it is twenty-seven discs. So I was like, okay, yeah. like, like that. Like if it was like nine discs and it was like two hundred fifty bucks, I'd be like, what are we doing? But like, yeah, that's that's twenty-seven discs. So like, I'm. I think that makes perfect sense. But it's something like where they just came out with a new Terminator box set that has like all six of them. And it's like, it's six discs. Like I understand that six movies, but that thing did not have to be 65 bucks. 60. Like you're paying like 65 bucks for only like two good movies. And exactly. It's like, I, and like, I don't know if you know about like the old Terminator anthology set. With I do. I used form. to have it. And then like, I'm, I'm a completionist. So like I can like force myself to watch garbage. <laughs> so <laughs> like, so like, um, so I'm a completionist. So like um, that, that set didn't have, it had only had the first four. And then I had like Genesis and dark fate on like their singular Blu-rays. But like, I want, I want like, I want the sets like to be complete. So I got rid of the anthology set and then I got the new set that has all six. Yeah. My issue with a lot of modern day with like getting the box sets is it's like after a while, it's like the box sets incomplete. That's the thing. Like, cause I have uh here just for an example, since it's right here, like I have the mission impossible box set, like right here, like this is the first six. It's like, this is going to be obsolete once seven and eight come out, you know? Uh, I also uh, I got the James Bond box set that's going to be obsolete whenever No Time to Die comes out. (laughs) Whenever, yeah. Who knows at this point? Uh, Yeah, like for that, I think I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think it's going to happen next year if the movie gets released this year. I think they're going to do a new box set and they're going to do a 4K box set. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of money, though. Especially, yeah, especially since next year is the 60th anniversary. And then, like, if they're doing, like, the Blu-ray plus 4K combo set... It's going to be a 
That's yeah. like, especially with James Bond, like that's going to be 50 discs. Yeah. Like at least uh, maybe more if you have a couple bonus discs. Yeah. Uh, but like a lot of the time I go with the box sets just because it's the cheaper option. It is. I, I will say that it is definitely, it's definitely worth buying the box set for a series because at least like you look at it like, yes, sure. Like that Terminator set that I have the new one, like one through six is like 60, 65 bucks. But then if you buy them singularly, like Terminator is probably like 10 bucks. Terminator two is probably 15. Terminator three is probably 10. Terminator four is probably 10. Terminator Genesis is probably 15. And then dark fate, I think is still full price at 20. So it's like you're, you are saving money. That's, that's at least the benefit of it, but I mean, they're still damn expensive. Yeah, like, and not to mention that I feel like a lot of studios as of late have kind of just stopped putting effort and do the whole just shove all discs in an Amaray case thing. Mm-hmm. I noticed that the Disney, hold on, let me pull it out. Right on top here. I don't know if you know about this box set, but Disney just did a. Uh, this is about. I think this is eleven discs for the Toy Story collection, and like I am expecting better than just a regular blue case. You know. Yeah, like uh, I did not know about that box set, but like, yeah, I just. Like they're not even box sets anymore; they're just oh. collections. Right, right. And I think yeah, I think that's what they're doing. The, the the box sets that I love, I don't know if you have them, but like the Born Classified collection, the Indiana Jones uh, Complete Adventures. Um, is that it? The like the Fast and Furious Eight uh, collection, like the ones that come in like actual books. Like I love those. Yeah, I have a few of the book style ones. Like, yeah, I love those. Right, look, this uh, Star Wars, like the the Skywalker saga, does it similar? Yeah, not have, not exactly like that, but similar, you know. Uh, but like the uh, Alfred Hitchcock, I don't uh, have that. I need to get that. Is that is that like the book style? Uh, yeah, like it opens uh, up. Yeah, like, see, yeah, those I love those. Back to the yeah. Future is like that. Yeah, I have. Uh, do you have the which book version of Back to the Future? Do you have the 4K or the? I have the regular Blu-ray, but it's the it's the newer version, like the one that just came out. Are you not into the whole 4K game or something? Like, uh, no, I I I'm starting to get into 4K now. I'm going to start like upgrading my collections to 4k. Like I already did it with like, this is the matrix 4k collection. Um, I only, I don't have that. Uh, yeah. Box, yeah. So. Like, I only like, I got, I, I got the, um, the, uh, back to the future one before I got a PlayStation five. Cause I wasn't sure if I was even going to be able to get a PlayStation five. So I was like, what's the point of even getting the 4k version of it yet? Uh, if I don't even know if I'm going to get it. So, but once I got a PlayStation five, that's when I upgraded like the matrix anthology collection to the 4k collection. Yeah. And I just wonder like whenever, uh, Sony's ever going to like get their head in the game with the whole 
PS5 stuff going on. I know. I don't know. Sony's a mess. (laughs) (laughs) Especially with their movies. Their movie side. Like, that whole Spider-Man universe. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah. The whole, like, we're going to start doing a Spider-Man universe without actually having Spider-Man. Yeah, like, what? Yeah. It it doesn't make sense to me. Um, and then, uh, uh, did you did you hear about the news about uh, Elizabeth Banks doing the movie Cocaine Bear? It's just Ted. It's Ted. <laughs> this is this is like their Ted three. I feel like, and it's, it's just like, well, we couldn't get Seth MacFarlane back, so let's just do something similar to like Fozzie Bear on like cocaine or something. Yeah, like <laughs> I actually like I. I followed the discussing film page on uh, Twitter, and yeah. I thought that was one of their parody accounts. At first. I thought it was too. I was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a question for you, though. What's the question? Thoughts on the Star Wars sequel trilogy? Uh, I think that I think, that, that, uh, uh, I think I Force think- Awakens is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last Jedi's great. Uh, I was very let down by Rise of Skywalker, and it kind of okay. did it kill the entire trilogy for you, or no? It killed aspects of the trilogy for me. Okay. Like okay. it, um, I was very disappointed with uh, Finn's character. Uh, I think everybody was, yeah. Um, wasn't crazy about the whole Ray Palpatine thing i was i was fine with that because i was like okay like it's like it's cool that she's like connected to like you know uh, a popular character we already know like i get like people are like the arguments like well it goes against the whole theme of the last jedi but like i still think that theme where it's like you don't have to be like related to anybody in order to make a difference is still present throughout the movie um but i think my whole problem with that isn't necessarily her being ray palpatine it's the entire scene where we're literally told that she's Ray Palpatine. Yeah. Like, like the whole the whole thing where Kylo Ren's like, "You have power. You have his power. You are a Palpatine. You're his grand." Like, yeah, dude, we get it. Like, this wasn't. This was like the least shocking plot twist of all time. It's just one of those things where I think I would have liked it better if it was introduced in Last Jedi. Yeah, that's kind of where I fall on the whole. Uh, like it's a good idea if like it just feels like if they revealed Vader was uh Luke's uh father in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. It's like and also we didn't really have a whole lot of time to like let the twist soak in because right after we found out, uh they come in with the Falcon and Ray escapes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I see, I don't understand the people that are just like, she's like perfect in that movie. Like I get it. She's all powerful, but again, she does die. I think people forget about that moment where she does die. And then like, she's not like to me, like the people who say like, she's too perfect. It's like, I don't know if you feel that way, so I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not one of those. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I'm just like, uh, I'm just like, yeah, it doesn't like you don't 
you have to look at every aspect of the character. Like, yeah, she might be like very strong, like physically, but like in that movie, in the Rise of Skywalker, she's at an emotional low for yeah. a good chunk of the movie. Not just because of that, but like she thinks she killed Chewie. Like she's she's desperate to like get the uh the dagger that uh uh what is his name? Ochi, uh the Jedi Hunter. She's desperate to get that and try and get back to Palpatine to kill him and all that. Like there's there's a sense of desperation and yet a sense of fear as to like holy shit like I'm a Palpatine like what does that mean and then like not to mention she goes and tries to exile herself on Octo. But you know if uh, you want me to be the Ray is a Mary Sue person, I will <laughs> do that for clicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not that person. Like I I honestly just take all that out. Like I'm just I'm just there to watch the movie. You know I I don't really think about any of that stuff which I wish people could just do nowadays. And I think the yeah. people, and I think the people that say that she's a Mary Sue say it because there's that one dude who's not related to star Wars, um, in any way, shape or form that just said it, uh, Max Landis. So oh, I think, yeah. I think that he just said it and then people rolled with it. So, yeah, but I, I mean, but like I said, like, I'm, I'm just there to watch a movie. Like I'm not, I'm not pointing out whether or not like, oh, she shouldn't be doing this or she shouldn't be doing that. Or like, oh, that can't happen with the fort. Like, who fucking cares? Yeah, like, I have complained about uh, identity politics in movies like uh, Black Christmas 2019. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, but like stuff like that, like it, that's like obvious. Like you should complain about that. Yeah. And then, but like. I just think that we like, especially in the YouTube space, we kind of just live in this whole uh, like society where like everyone has to like be like the most successful people, like in terms of like Star Wars and all that, are like the ones that have the are also negative all the time. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, like, like not to throw any names out there but like geeks and gamers yeah 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 like that's a perfect example and like i'll admit i have talked to people that are members of the fandom menace that are really cool but like i'm not a fan of the movement overall i'm not either like it it's just like now it's all like hashtag canceled disney plus all because gina carano got fired I'm like, she wasn't that good of an actress in the first place. The character was never like a main character. It was always a side character anyways. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. Like, all of a sudden, she's like the greatest like female character in Star Wars. I'm like, hello, Leia? <laughs> Ahsoka? Yeah, exactly. And then and it's just like, honestly, I just think you could replace, like, to be honest, I even forgot Gina Carano was on the show until like think, uh, yeah. Mandalorian, until like uh, ma- her epi- the episode four of Mandalorian season two. Yeah, exactly. Because like she's not in the first half of the season at all. <laughs> yeah, it's like and it's, it's like, that's, like uh, that should tell you just what they think too. be like, yeah, your acting ability is not that good. Yeah. And then uh, honestly, I just think that the whole uh, reason people are all of a sudden going to Gina's 
side is just because of her political beliefs. Yep, it's, I believe that too. Yep, it's it's like they complain about uh, Pedro Pascal's political beliefs. Yeah, but he they literally told him to stop, and he stopped. Yeah, <laughs> and she didn't. <laughs> and then she like. Tweet like she was tweeting out a lot of conspiracy stuff. Yeah, that was weird. I I don't know what goes through these people's heads sometimes. Yeah. Like, I cannot wait to uh, read the uh, um, held for review comments just to see the whole hashtag cancel Disney <laughs> Plus stuff. Because <laughs> it's like you can't even go into a Star Wars comment section anymore without seeing. Or, dude, like, on Facebook, it's, I don't know if you got Facebook, but it's everywhere. Like, it'll just, they'll, they'll like, they'll, they'll literally, like, the Star Wars, the official Star Wars page will post something about the High Republic, and then people will be like, oh my god, like, this character's a rock. Like, how much more stupid can Disney Star Wars get? I'm like, you do understand that Disney Star Wars gave you the Mandalorian, right? Yeah. <laughs> Like well, your your so perfect precious show, which I do really like, but I'm gonna say is not perfect. I Sorry, agree. people. Uh, the narrative structure is not great, in my opinion. Like how it's just planet hopping to go f- to go uh, find some people who then say they can't help him, so then they send him to another planet. Oh, I can't help you. Up, oh, go to this planet. Yeah, no, that gets boring after a while. But the the overall story is great. But you know, it's just that structure. I'm like. Like people just put the Mandalorian on like so high of a pedestal, and it's like, no, like <laughs> it's not perfect. Yeah, like I love, like I, I like, but I don't love season one of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But I love season two. Yeah, season two um, was great. Um, but yeah, like I remember when Mandalorian season one came out. I like. I enjoyed it, but I wasn't. And like, I love certain episodes of season one, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't help hold it to this like super high, like greatest thing since sliced bread type. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I know. <laughs> it's like everybody's just like, this is the greatest thing since the original. I'm like, no, it's not. Like. Yeah. Like it's good, but it's not like it's not amazing. Like it's it's like I don't know. I'm not taking anything away from like Dave Filoni or John Favreau because they did make a really really good show. But like it's it's not perfect. Yeah, like, and then nothing is. And then season two, uh, I went in with kind of tempered expectations when it came to it, like. I knew I was going to watch it and I was curious to see what uh, the plot was. Um, but like, and I was mainly excited because of, uh, I was also excited because of Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. Yeah, she was really good as Ahsoka. And like Ahsoka is, I, wanna, I don't know if I would say she's my favorite Star Wars character, but she's up there mm-hmm. for me. Um, and my and I'll be honest, like, I did not like uh, episode two. Oh, is that the one where the... The giant spider? Yeah, it's basically yeah. like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. 
I wasn't a fan of that episode, but then um and then I liked but didn't love episodes three and four, but then uh everything uh like chapter five and onward are some of my yeah. favorite Star Wars ever. Yeah, yeah. But the the Ahsoka episode is whew, that was I think that's like the one episode of the show that's like perfect. Yeah, it's my favorite episode. And then, uh, um, but like, and then, like, I remember the whole, like, after the Luke cameo thing. Like, I love that scene to death. I um, love that scene too. But, like, everyone was all like, they finally taught Ryan Johnson what we wanted. And it's just like, it shouldn't be about what you want, though. It should be about yeah. what betters the story and what best suits the story. It's not that's like saying in Endgame how I wanted it's like I want every Avenger to interact with each other. Like, yeah, sure, they were all in one scene. None of them even talked to each other though. <laughs> like barely. <laughs> like they did that whole thing. That was a whole deleted scene in Endgame where like they they were literally like in a moment of chaos and then like Tony Stark was going around to like every single one of them and like yelling at them and being like, what are you going to do? What are you? I'm like, this feels super goddamn forced. I'm <laughs> so happy that they cut that. Yeah. And like my whole thing was like, um, like, I mean, it would have been cool to see Luke do what he did in Mandalorian and last should I, but to me, I think, uh, Luke's story in last should I was great. And then, thank you, thank <laughs> you. Uh, and then, uh, but like, I'll admit, if grumpy old man Luke was what showed up in Mandalorian, like, I don't think it would have fit, just like I don't think this version would have fit in Last Jedi. No, I think that's what I. The Last Jedi, I think, gets really misconstrued, and I think it gets really misanalyzed and misunderstood because honestly, it's it's a Star Wars film that honestly challenges you. Like yeah. it does all of like it's not subverting expectations for the sake of subverting expectations. Maybe a couple things here and there are, but like it literally challenges you to watch the movie, pay attention, be like, hey, this is important, and maybe you should actually think about some of the things that are happening and i just i don't think any star wars fan was ready for that like i don't think any star wars fan that hated that movie even understands that like the two biggest themes of that movie are failure trying to let go of the past and actually three themes being being relevant in a place like in a galaxy where you probably aren't relevant because you're no one like it's literally telling you like you can be nothing, but still be important. Like that is like, I felt like because of that, I could have the force in that movie. Yeah. I mean, I even wasn't ready when I, uh, first saw last Jedi. I didn't, I mean, I definitely didn't think Snoke was going to die, but I love that because I was like, yep. Kylo is just full blown, inherently evil. Like he's no longer conflicted. Like this is the next part of his story. Like, which I think people also misunderstand. It's like, Oh, the big bad's gone. I'm like, Snoke was never going to be the big bad guy for this trilogy. Like, sorry. 
but it was always going to be Kylo Ren. Yeah, I mean, I wish that they just stayed on the path where Kylo was the big bad instead of just bringing back Palpatine. Yeah, I mean, I, I was fine with Palpatine. I was like, I was like, I feel like you can't have Star Wars without Palpatine. Like, because to me, Star Wars is always about the Skywalkers and the Palpatines and the the conflict there. So, like, I was fine with it, and I. I I didn't really need an explanation as to how he came back because he says that line at the beginning of the Rise of Skywalker. He's like, the dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities, some considered to be unnatural, which is like just him repeating the line from Revenge of the Sith. But whatever, like that, that was enough for me. I was like, OK, he cheated death. Like, we don't need to know how like he's Palpatine, like he can do that stuff. He figures it out somehow. Like it's it, it was totally fine for me. Like, I didn't need an explanation. It, and there is an explanation, too. Like, I mean, Beaumont Kim literally says, like, oh, dark side magic, cloning, secrets only the Sith do. So it's like, oh, he cheated death by cloning himself, you know? So, but, like, yeah, I didn't really need an explanation. I was fine with Palpatine coming back. Like, I was just like, oh, like, at least we got to hear him say, do it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The sequel trilogy is one where I can't really think of my thoughts overall just because it's so like there's so much that i like about it and so much that i dislike about it and yeah something- I, I think uh i think what i dislike about it like i'll say this right now i i either love or like all three movies like i really like the force awakens love the last jedi and i like the rise of Skywalker and like the way where it's like entertaining. I, the, the rise of Skywalker is by far the, the least like good out of the three. Yeah, like it's, yeah. it's definitely the weakest one, but like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out of my way to say like, I'm not even mixed on the movie. Like I have, I have a lot of problems with the rise of Skywalker, but like for me, the good outweighs the bad with that movie. Um, it's just, I was having a goddamn fun time with that movie, you know, like just, Watching stormtroopers zip around in the Pasana Desert, them going on like this Indiana Jones fetch quest, where I was like, okay, we're this is Star Wars, not Indiana Jones, but this is still fun, you know. Uh, the entire third act, like Ray confronting Palpatine on Exegol, with uh, mixed with the uh, the uh, the battle on Exegol between the Resistance and the Final Order, I thought was amazing. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's the humor is also underrated. I mean, C three PO is great the whole the whole han solo scene yeah that oh, scene was one weird. of the best scenes in the entire sequel trilogy i mean like so what would you say are your five favorite scenes in the sequel trilogy uh i think my number one favorite scene is rain kylo versus the praetorian guards that scene is just beautifully choreographed and crazy action scene like the what they're able to do with the lightsabers in that scene is amazing uh, it's some of my favorite lightsaber action that i've seen um my second favorite scene is probably the luke and yoda scene uh in the last jedi where yoda whips him into shape uh third favorite probably the han and kylo scene in the rise of skywalker which is like the mirror of what happened in the force awakens but like kylo like reliving that memory and wishing he had did a, done it better you know, or that way. Um, I thought that was really well done. Uh, I also really love the Falcon chase on uh, Jakku in The Force Awakens. Yeah, that that's a really great sequence. And honestly, 
I really don't see this talked all that much. Or I don't see this talked about all that much. The Battle of Crate. Like, I get it's not really a battle, but like the idea of it, I love it. Like that entire sequence is just it's so great. And Luke force projecting himself across the galaxy to face down Kylo Ren. Perfection. That is pure Luke. The way a Jedi should use the force, anyways. Just nailed it, you know. So I'm thinking I'm going to go with the throne room scene, mm-hmm. the uh, scene when, uh, uh, like, Ray fir- first uh, uses the Force to grab the lightsaber. and Oh, when it goes, thing. like, zipping past Kylo? Yeah, that, yep. and then uh, uh, Luke on crate, Luke and Yoda. Yep. Uh, I don't know what I'd pick for my number Five. I guess I'm just gonna throw the Han and Kylo scene from Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, all great scenes, man. And I, I definitely think within the next like ten to fifteen years, the sequel trilogy will be looked at in a more positive light. Because I mean, think about it. Like the prequel trilogy was reviled for about like fifteen years. Yeah. So like, I, I think it's just gonna take time for people. You know. I mean, like. Now I see the prequel trilogy being uh, treated. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like, uh, I don't, I respect aspects of the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Attack of the Clones that much. I hate, um, I hate Attack of the, I can tolerate it as a Star Wars movie, but as like a movie as a whole, it sucks. It's terrible. Um, Phantom Menace is frustrating for me. Uh, I love Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith's great. Um, but yeah, like I don't think the and I think things were handled a lot better in the Clone Wars TV show than in the prequel movies. And that's my thing. Like I shouldn't need supplemental material like that. to like improve a trilogy. Yeah. I think that, um, like my favorite stuff in the pre about the prequels is in the clone Wars series. (laughs) I haven't, I, I, I started watching it. I'm on like season three. I can't get into the clone wars, man. Yeah. Are you you need to there's like episode guides where like they cut out all the filler episodes. Okay, yeah, I've just been watching them like all through. Like I'm I'm literally at season three, like the premiere, and I'm like I think I've fallen asleep during the premiere like seven times now. Yeah, it's one of those shows where like uh it doesn't need twenty two episode long seasons. I mean at least they're only twenty minutes. Yeah, but like I'm one of those people that I just hate long season TV shows. Yeah, so I I, a lot of cable network TV shows do that. Like anything on the CW, it's going to be 20 episodes. I like my biggest issue with the Arrowverse is like it's so hard to keep up because of the 22 episode long thing. I I tried to get into that. Like I, I watched the first two seasons of Arrow and I just dipped out. I was like, after watching 10 years of Smallville, like this is not what 
this is not anything like remotely close. Like I get it. Like Smallville is completely different. And like, it was an early 2000s show. Whereas like arrow came out in like the 2010s, but like, I'm just like, nothing holds a candle to me for Smallville. Cause like Smallville was like what I grew up with, you know? So it's like watching those shows. Now it's like the, I get like the, the special effects are a lot better now. Cause I heard like, I've heard the Superman and Lois show is actually really good. So I might yeah, check I mean, that out. Too. But like, I, like I was watching, like uh, my cousin said he was watching a fight scene from that movie, uh, that movie at that show. Hold on one second. <coughs> and, um, and he was like, man, like the, the effects have improved from like Smallville to now. He's like, that's like Man of Steel level, like special effects. That's what I've heard about the show. But like t- my biggest issues with the CW shows is like as of late, they're just doing too much. That's my thing. And then like I like I think I just got disinterested with Arrow too, because it was just like they were just doing the same thing on Arrow where it was like, Oh, you have failed this city and then flashback. Oh, I gotta go catch this guy. Okay, flashback. Like it gets <laughs> annoying after a while, but, you know? I mean, I got tired of the flash because of the whole like every the whole like uh villain of the week formula. Um, Smallville did that at first, but that that only lasted for like two seasons. And then even when they did it in like season two, they made sure that they had like an actual like running story throughout the throughout the the season. Well, it's like they have a running story, but they have these filler episodes that have nothing to do with. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's like. With. Show like I don't know if you're into Game of Thrones or not. Um, I watched it, yeah, and I'm I'm one of those people that's a l- slightly more lenient on season eight. Yeah, um, but like I liked how it's all how the uh, except for seasons seven and eight, I like how they're ten episode long seasons yeah. Yeah. and they don't have filler episodes. Yeah, because you really can't with Game of Thrones. Yeah, it just and like it makes the show so much more bingeable. Exactly. Like it like something like Game of Thrones, you can't afford to have a filler episode. Like even if it feels like it's a filler episode, like it's important because you probably know somebody's going to get ganked at at the very end. So, yeah, people are going to die no matter what. Uh, the Red Wedding was an interesting story. I, I knew about that when because I started like way. I think I started when like after season five aired, like binging it. I knew about that. I just didn't know who died. So like, so like I was like, oh, I think this is the Red Wedding because people are getting attacked. And then like, uh, what's his face? Rob Stark dies, and then his <laughs> wife and his pre- who's pregnant just gets stabbed. I'm like. Oh shit! <laughs> like holy shit! Like they just killed an unborn baby. Like I'm not surprised because the show does like anything, but like yeah. God damn. <laughs> well, like, for me, it was one of those situations where like I'm not very familiar with. Like I've never read any of the books. I haven't either, and here's why: they're 1,300 pages. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I remember like the red wedding. Like I knew something was going down, but yeah. I didn't know what was going down and like so like i was on like the edge of my seat mm-hmm. for 
the majority of the episode. Yeah, like, and like, no scenes, like, you can't have a wedding scene and expect me to be on the edge of my seat just because something might go down. Well, here's my thing with that episode. It's like, everything was going, like, way too, like, perfect. I was like, this is, I was like, there's something up here. Like, something is going to happen. Like, there's no way anybody's getting out of this, like, in a happy dandy way. And then, sure enough, it's an entire massacre. Yeah. And, like, the other thing, like, I don't know if you have this thing with the character of Walter Frey, but, like, he, I can smell him through my TV. I think it's because he's Filch in Harry Potter. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You murdered my cat. I'm like, get off my screen, Filch. <laughs> yeah. and, well, and like, um, one of my favorite moments was when uh, Arya got revenge for the Red Wedding. Yeah. In season seven. I love that. I love that. So good. That whole kind face. Of, that whole face thing with her though went nowhere. Yeah, I really wish. Like that was some like. I don't hate season eight. Like some I don't people either. do. I'm, I'm mixed on it, but like, I'll like, I'll get like, I understand what, like, I understand what, like, why what happened happened. Like, I think what yeah. happened made sense. It was just how we got there. It was it just My, fast. It was it was really rushed. It was one of those times where, like, I think they needed more episodes to develop stories. Yeah, they definitely, they definitely needed like another episode or two or another season. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like, I think Game of Thrones should have been ten seasons long. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I think you know, have season eight be dedicated to like the uh, Winterfell stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, have like a season building up to Daenerys's madness and then yeah have an entire like season of just Daenerys being this yeah uh, i i i agree with that yeah like and then like going in going into like the whole like oh well they shouldn't have made Daenerys the villain i'm like i think that that was going to be a given like i think yeah. that's what it was building up to anyway like i'm fine with her turning mad queen i just think it was too sudden yeah, it didn't really like. And, and have you, did you notice nobody had a problem with season eight until until the big White Walker battle episode? Yeah, like, I mean, like, I was late to the party when it came to that episode, mm-hmm. um, and I heard a lot of people complaining about it being very dark. I could which, see fine. Yeah, I, I mean. I'll admit it looked terrible at times. Yeah, there um, were there were like some there were like some scenes where I feel like they sped up the footage too. Because like all of a sudden I saw Daenerys, and I was like, "Is that sped up? Like, did, yeah, post production? Like, gee, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you watch Green Rant's pitch meetings. I don't right with uh, Ryan, but like." The pitch meeting for that, I think, is actually how the pitch meeting for season eight uh, went. <laughs> like, and like, it's like I just wonder if like they even offered m- multiple episode, more episodes, and then the they writers did. just 
the writers yeah. just said nope. HBO did. It, it's it's been a known fact out there that HBO uh, offered more episodes, and then uh, D they're known as D and D. D and D were like, no, we just we want to end it at six episodes. Because they, want, because they were moving on to Star Wars and then look what happened with Star Wars. They get fired from Star Wars. Because of like was it because of season eight or like I heard they had a Netflix deal as well. I think it was I think it was both. But I think I think it was more because of the backlash from season eight. Yeah. I, I remember like I actually had uh forgotten like I had forgotten they had signed on for a Star Wars project, to be yeah. honest. And then I was hearing about that, and I'm like, "Look, I don't know about this now." It might, which might be a good thing because anything David Benioff touches, movie wise, not that good. What <laughs> like else? Gemini Man? Uh, oh no, God, he he co- was- dude, he was a co-writer on X Men Origins Wolverine. So I'm like, yeah, keep him away from Star dude. Wars, please. Thank you. God, like, I just find it funny how, like, Game of Thrones, like, I remember I got into Game of Thrones because it was one of the more, like, it was one of the shows where, like, so far, like, I started around season, when, like, season six was, I think think that's when I started, too. Um, I had heard nothing but great things. But it's like all I hear now when the conversation of Game of Thrones is how bad season eight is. Yeah, well, I think the problem is, is that I think I don't know if it was I don't know if it was season five or if it was like right when season six began. It was it was one of the last seasons where they went past like what the books because the the newer books weren't even published i which i i i'm a firm believer they're we're never gonna see the light of day on those books Um, George, i'm probably gonna be like in a nursing home and you're gonna be (laughs) i don't think they're gonna be released in my lifetime and you're gonna be a skeleton on this monitor (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah all of a sudden, uh, just like we get a notification, the book drops. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah. Just like, like 30 years from now, it's like George R. R. Martin has passed away, but somebody found his manuscripts and decided to finish the book. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah, I'm working on it. It's like. You've been working on it for 10 years. Just finish it. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember the, like, and I guess, like, I don't know exactly what it's called, but uh, Paul W.S. Anderson is adapting one of his other books. Yeah, I saw that. And anything he touches, I'm <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I remember when I found out, like, they were turning one of George R.R. Martin books into another movie I got excited then I saw the name and I'm like like Paul W.S. Anderson being on like hearing that name attached to a movie (sighs) yeah and very few directors do that to me I know dude like I like 
it's sad that his best movie is Mortal Kombat, and that's not even a good movie. <laughs> that's more of a like that's more of a cult classic, but like yeah, it's the I I I watched that version of Mortal Kombat for the first time like a few days ago. That has got to be the most nineties nineties movie I have ever seen. Yeah, I just want like. I don't know if like you like uh, if they've done a pitch meeting for Mortal Kombat, but like at the pitch meetings uh, in Screen Rant's pitch meetings, there's times when like uh, he's like the producer guy's like, "So you have a '90s movie for me?" It has to be how half of these pitch meetings go. Oh, definitely, it's got to be. I mean, it's just it's just some big burly guy in a suit. Probably wearing glasses, choking on food. I mean, like, so what's your idea? Well, I have this really bad idea, but I know that you're a studio executive and you need money, so you'll do it. <laughs> Sounds good to us, you know? Yeah, and like the studio exec guy in the Screen Rant pitch meetings is uh, just obsessed with money. And if you like, if he even starts to question your ideas, all you have to do is say, but sir, money. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. awesome. Yeah. The honestly, like the, I don't know how Ryan George comes up with the the ideas (laughs) he has. But like they're the only screen rant videos I even watch nowadays. Really? I'm not the biggest screen rant. I'm not fan. either. Like now that they kind of like report stuff prematurely and then sometimes they're like wrong. I'm like Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Only reason I'm subscribed to their channel is because of the pitch meetings. So it's like And I'm not crazy about the whole their clickbait headlines. Yeah. They got in trouble, I think, for one of their headlines. I, I think it was the Chadwick one of the Chadwick Boseman headlines. I oh think. yeah, that one. I think it was that one. I was like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, the um I just <laughs> They're better than we got this covered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate we got this covered. We got this covered. We'll report everything wrong. And then they'll report on something and be like, the sources who told us the such and such was going to be in such and such. And they were right. I'm like, those sources never told you anything. Like, you're just making this up now. The only time they I've seen them actually have a source that... um um was a uh, doomcock that is the like him. <laughs> yeah i'm i don't even trust like he doomcock is not doesn't have any sources he has an agenda yeah that's the thing it's like they're they're their sources dude trust me yeah <laughs> and then and like uh doomcock is one of those people that like i just um like I could see the biasness in him. Yep. Like exactly. I, I know biasness when I see it when it comes to reporting. Yeah. 
Uh, same, same with uh, what's her name? Grace uh, Randolph. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm blocked by her on Twitter. Raya and the Last Dragon <laughs> in the box office because it's too female centric. How about because we're in a pandemic, lady? Like uh, Jesus. I. Are I you- I thought the fun. Sorry to cut you off again, but I thought the funniest one with her was when she was like, "I have top secret information about <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy." I'm gonna stop because I that that voice is <laughs> right now. But she's like, "Yeah, I have top secret information about Kathleen Kennedy being fired from Lucasfilm." All of the heads of all of the studios Disney own got together and decided to like whether or not they should fire her. I'm like, they wouldn't do that. Like, why would Disney bring together the head of Pixar, the head of Fox, the head of ESPN and be like, yeah, we gotta get rid of Kathleen Kennedy. Be like, no, they're not gonna have like a super secret (laughs) studio meeting to do that. They're just gonna call her in. If they were gonna fire her, they'd be like, they call her and be like, Kathleen, you know, we're sorry, but we gotta let you go. Like, they're not going to have, like, all the studios present for that. Like, it, it's, just, it's, it's so it's so crazy when you can, like, you can actually, like, tell when somebody's reporting and then you watch somebody like these channels that we're mentioning. And it's like, dude, you're just making this up. Yeah. And, like, um, are you blocked by Grace Randolph on yep. Twitter? <laughs> I, I had a I, I created a burner account and that one got blocked, too. <laughs> Like, uh, the reason why I got blocked, like, I forgot this, like, convention we were supposed to get. Like, <laughs> there's this convention, uh, like, where we're supposed to get some DC news or something like that. And she was all like, my top secret sources say God. this is getting <laughs> announced at this convention. And, and then, it never uh, did, right? Yeah. And then she's like, oh, this convention was so terrible. And I'm like, oh, you kind of set us up for disappointment. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah Dude, for, for my main account i have no idea why i got, I don't even remember what i said the the burner account that was when she got into i got blocked on that account that's when she got into the beef with kathy ann and then oh. I, I posted i posted a picture of kathy kathy ann like going like this like over a grave and like the gravestone said grace randolph or something <laughs> and then she blocked me there like uh I watched that whole situation go down live. Oh my god. Like if the director is saying that it didn't happen, then it didn't happen. Like you don't know anything, Grace. Like sorry, but like you're not behind the scenes. Like who did she sleep with to be included in Zombieland 2? <laughs> uh, I'm like it's sad because there was a point in time when, like, she was one of my favorite critics, but then she just went. Like, I don't even remember when I. It was whenever Batman versus Superman came out was when, and she started this whole anti DC agenda thing. Yeah. Oh, and it, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I enjoy Batman versus Superman for the for or I enjoy aspects of it. I hate the whole thing, except <laughs> I mean, I mean, the warehouse fight's cool. Ben Affleck as Batman's not bad. Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman's not bad. Henry Cavill as Superman isn't bad, but it gave me no reason to like find inspiration from him. So 
Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I hate, I repeat, I hate Jesse Eisenberg. As Me Lex too. That I don't like, even I don't even call him Jesse Eisenberg anymore or Lex Luthor. I just call him Pipsqueak because that's what he <laughs> sounds like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just honestly, I just think like Grace Randolph made that whole like. There's a lot of critics that make or well like fandoms just make uh they just make everything worse yeah it's like i remember uh wonder woman 1984 came out Mm -hmm. i swear it wasn't even five minutes after i finished watching the movie that i just didn't even want to talk about it anymore yeah exactly yeah it's i mean i feel like if i rewatch that movie i'm probably not gonna like it as much i think i liked it because i saw it in a theater i was like oh my god theaters are open and then two weeks later, they shut down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I mean, yeah, I, I, it, it was weird because it was like it. It went from even like the critical reception, like it went from being like high acclaim to like all of a sudden, like this isn't that good. Yeah, it was like the initial like critics reviews got me expecting something else. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, and the trailers also kind of got me expecting something else. I think, that. I think, I think the huge problem with Wonder Woman 1984, and I agree with people when they say this, the whole body swapping thing. It's like she sleep, she sleeps with the, she sleeps with the dude with like no consequences. I'm like, that's not Steve Trevor. Like, I get we're seeing Steve Trevor, but you're not seeing Steve Trevor. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, you basically rape that guy. To me, it's just like in a movie where so much stupid stuff happens, I wouldn't have questioned if Steve Trevor was brought back by the Wish Stone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what should have happened. And then I think the whole problem, too, is it's like they were really like setting up that like whole relationship where it feels like nothing happens for like a good chunk of the movie. Like, I don't think there's an action scene other than the beginning in the mall, like another like hour or so. Like, it, I think it's like an hour and 20 when like the next action scene is and the movie's already long. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like that's a long time for a superhero I, movie. I got excited when they announced the two and a half hour long runtime because I thought they were going to do some epic stuff but like then they just focus an hour like most of it with no action and yeah and like honestly that movie did not have to be two and a half hours yeah that's kind of the conclusion God, I now, now we're talking about it i'm like this movie's not that good now <laughs> <laughs> that's what's weird yeah like and then uh it's weird because like there's some movies where like you start talking about it and realize it's not that good. Right. Like Like I mean, you could probably say the same thing about the rise of Skywalker, but like I, I enjoy talking about that movie though. Like like I said, like I have my problems with that movie, but like as I said, the good outweighs the bad for me. Like I I all I always enjoy watching that movie because like I just have a fun time watching it. Like now I feel like if I watch wonder woman, like it's just going to be like, no, 
Like I, I like there's just too much wrong with it where I can't forgive it now, but who knows? I mean, I got to rewatch it again. Like I think I gave it a three out of five on letterboxd or three and a half out of five. I, I guarantee it's probably going to go down if I rewatch it. Who knows? I mean, it might stay the same, but it, it's one, I've only seen it once. So it's like, it's one of those things I have to rewatch. I think to like gain like an actual, like final opinion. Uh, oh wow, my letterbox score is higher than I thought it was. What is it? I gave it a four out of five. Damn, and now I'm not even sure what to give it. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think it needs like a second viewing for me. Yeah, and like what's weird is like I'm not even like in a rush to go get it on 4K. Yeah, same here. I think it comes out at the end of the month, like 20, yeah. it's either the 23rd or the 30th. Um, because I pay, I, I'm a huge like release date, Blu ray release date guy, so I kind of know when like everything's coming out, like based <laughs> off like memory. I think it's, I think it's the 30th, it's coming out. Yeah. Um, it's rare because like before the pandemic, I used to be that guy, but like now I kind of just buy things. It's kind of hard now to like keep track because it's like there's nothing out. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, like, I haven't really been buying a whole lot uh, as of late because just nothing of interest has come out. Like, the last stuff, like, I haven't bought movies. I didn't even buy a single Blu-ray last month because... I've only bought one this month, and that was Mortal Kombat because it was like five bucks at Best Buy. (laughs) The limited movie section that they had. The last thing I've bought like, uh, in was uh, the Seventh Samurai. Oh, um, is it a Criterion? Yeah, yeah. I heard that one's expensive though. I got it for like forty five bucks. Jesus. Yeah. Criterion's already expensive, but yeah, that's. There's a reason why I only have three Criterions. Pricey. Yeah, like I bought like a couple of them when I went on vacation back during the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I bought seven samurai and it's just like, and it's like, it's something I want to collect more of, but like, me too. And like, I see people and it's like some of their box sets look cool, but not $200. Cool. Yeah. I th- which one do I have? Yeah, Benjamin Button, um, The Irishman, Marriage Story, and The Elephant Man. Those are the ones I have. I got, uh, I of course got 12 Angry Men, mm-hmm. uh, The Great Escape, and I gotta get that still, uh, Seven Samurai. Nice. Yeah, great, the great, the great escape one's like fairly new, right? Yeah, I think it came out like back in May. I didn't even know it was on Criterion until I saw it at Barnes and Noble. Really? Yeah, like that's how. Like I'm not really, like I don't pay attention to what comes out on Criterion. Like the only reason I knew I've I've known this one's been on Criterion for a while just because a lot of uh my uh collector friends have it and then 
it's the same with this one and i'm like um like this is a movie like i had like i was willing to pay the full price for just because of how much i loved it but that's uh 12 angry men right yeah it's one of my like i watched it in like a law class when i was a freshman in high school did i see it i either saw that one or like the newer version i forget see what's funny is like uh i I never knew there was a remake until this week when my history teacher told me about it. <laughs> yeah, I forget which one I saw. I don't. I think it was the original one I saw. I hope I did not see the remake. Uh, but like, I think it's just because they, uh, because the first one is just held in so high regard that I just, and of course, yeah. Now they're just um, remaking everything as well. So it's all it is nowadays. Yeah. Just sequels, uh, reboots, remakes, retellings, <laughs> re whatever. Money. But yeah, basically money. Yeah, <laughs> is what we're saying. Yeah, just. At this point, they should just call remakes the ca- cash grabs. They should. I speaking of the remakes, yeah, the Disney the Disney remakes, the live action ones are cash grabs. I'll say this though, I'm all for them as long as there's enough to differentiate it from the animation. I actually prefer the Cinderella remake over the original. I don't blame you. I mean, that's that's fine. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of the original Cinderella for just I prefer. I mean, I prefer the Dumbo remake over the original. Oh, that's controversial. Yeah, I mean, I was never huge on Dumbo when I was little. Like, I watched it all the time. But like, even then, I was just like, man, well, like not not really my thing. And then like the remake came around. I was like. I like that a lot more. I actually prefer the Jungle Book. Oh, the Jungle Book really good. Um, but like the Lion King was Lion. Like, the Lion King is the worst one, I think, because that's just shot for shot. My least favorite is the recent Mulan. Yeah, I, I you know I honestly ended up liking that. I think it's because I haven't seen Mulan in so long. Like I feel like if I go back and. Uh, watch like the original Mulan I'll be like and then watch like the live action I'll be like okay no but I mean I was fine with it I was like they attempted to do something different like they got rid of the songs they made they tried to make it more realistic um I mean like that that's like kind of like what I'm talking about like you have you have like the stuff that like differentiates it from the animation so like each version of it feels like its own thing like yeah the disney live action remakes are cash grabs but if they can continue to do that then i'll be f- i'm i'm fine with them as long as they feel like their own thing like aladdin like has a lot like in common with the original uh animation but i think that there's enough that makes it different to make it its own thing 
Yeah, I actually liked the Aladdin remake a lot. Yeah, I did too. Uh, Not as much as I did with uh, the original, because I don't think you can't top the original. You can't top it. No, that's the thing. You're never going to top the originals with these live action remakes. Yeah. I I think people go into that mindset with it. Like, it's going to be as good. It's like, it's never going to be. It's kind of like... It's like going into like seeing the Hobbit and being like, this is going to be as great as Lord of the Rings. And then it like, it's, it's not going to be. And then you walk out and it's like, I was disappointed because that wasn't as good as the fellowship of the ring. Like, no, it was never going to be. It's like how fantastic beast is never going to be as good as Harry Potter, which the second one just completely derailed the whole thing for me, but that's a whole different story. I don't like the second one. I haven't even bothered with the Fantastic Beast movies. The first one, the first one's good, but it, you can tell it should have just been a one and done type thing. Yeah, and it's like with the Harry Potter movies, uh, I I haven't seen them in a long like I hardly remember them. Wow. And I've seen bits and pieces of them over the years. That's another that's another uh, that's another series I grew up with. Um, Harry Potter, two thousand one to two thousand eleven. I was I was seven when it when the first one came out. My younger sister's big into Harry Potter, uh, so I've seen that I've seen parts of them through her. Um, I need I do need to uh, go out and buy the four K set when I get a chance. Um, I have the Steelbook set. The steelbooks look gorgeous. Yeah, it was a Best Buy exclusive, so I don't think they're—I don't think they sell it anymore. But yeah, I don't think they do either. But like, uh, I know mo- Harry Potter mostly through my sister. Um, gotcha. gotcha. It, and like, what's weird is like I keep hearing people talk about these things in Harry Potter, and I'm like, that sounds cool. I need to actually sit down to get into them yeah yeah it's it's a it's a really great world that unfortunately now has a really bad person that created uh, it but jk rowling uh yeah she's an interesting figure from what i've heard about like i don't really pay attention to what uh jk rowling does on uh twitter but yeah. i've heard enough to yeah, <laughs> I mean, I heard jokes about her turning certain characters gay or something like that. Yeah, or... so like she she did this whole thing. Uh, I think it was after the sixth book was released. She can't or no, what, what was it? I don't know if it was when the sixth book was released, but it was it was something with one of the movies. I think where it was like there was like a line or something where um in one of those scripts for the movies where it's like Dumbledore had like a previous like girlfriend or something and then jk rowling said no you can't include that because dumbledore's gay <laughs> and then um which which was fine like she like it, it was just that like she just left it at that like she didn't do like any explaining but then like the whole thing with fantastic beasts is it's like it's they they hint that like the wizard grindelwald and dumbledore once had a relationship and that's like what we heard about in like the half-blood prince book and what ends up happening in the Fantastic Beast movies is, is like, you know that they're going to fight each other, but like they can't because they have this blood pact 
And like they put like their blood in like a locket, and it's like, no, we can't fight each other because we're in love, but like we're not gonna show that they're in love, and instead we're just gonna show them like do this blood pack thing. I'm like like eye rolling stuff. Yeah, the I didn't hear about the whole turning characters gay thing until after Fantastic Beast and the Crimes of Grindelwald was coming out. Yeah, it, that was like what I what I just explained. That was like the huge like that's thing where with it. Started. Yeah. Yep, that's where that whole thing started. And then I guess she's not going to be included in the video game they're making. Good, she shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it looks like we've been going for an hour and 20 minutes. I think we wow. should. That was wrap- quick. Yeah, these things go by faster. Like when I'm going on my own, it just feels so long. I know that's the thing. It's like, man, like, like I just did a couple of uh, reviews. Like as I said, like I'm reviewing like all the Smallville seasons. I brought my cousin on. Like, dude, it felt like we talked for like probably like almost an hour about season two. It felt like it was like ten minutes. Yeah. Um. But so uh, I think before we go, you should uh, let the audience know uh, where they could find you. All right. So you can find me on YouTube. Uh, my name, Alex Madden. Uh, you can find me at my official website as well, alexmaddenmovies.mystrikingly.com. All of my social media links are there. That's just an easier plug to use since all of my social media accounts have different handles. So we'd be here all day if I gave you all my handles. Uh, so just, just go to that website, alexmanandmovies.mystrikingly.com. Scroll all the way down. All of my social media links will be there. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching, and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you.